This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. Today is Tuesday, November 14th, 2017. And if you've watched the news uh, throughout the day, you've heard already that there is a there was a school shooting, an active shooter at a school in Northern California. And I definitely want to dive into that and talk about it and give you the rundown of what happened. Uh, and, you know, we're just uh, fresh off the heels of the shooting, the mass shooting in Sutherland Springs, Texas, just a couple of weekends ago. And now here we are at a school in Northern California where I believe two or three children, elementary age uh, children were killed by the shooter. The shooter was shot and killed by police. But this was not a gun control issue. And I'll explain why I say that here in just a bit. But there's a few things that I want to talk about before we get into that. Uh, there's a few uh, things I want to put out that I'm doing that my listeners can follow along with uh, throughout the week, you know, to show their support which you guys always have and you always continue to do, and I greatly appreciate it. And one of the questions I always get asked is, Vince, how can we support you? I get a lot of uh, messages on Twitter or on Instagram. Vince, how can we support you? How can we support what you're trying to do, this message you're trying to get across uh, for police? Well, uh, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine who listens to this show, uh, Don from Powder Springs, she'll know exactly who she is. She told me about Patron, and I had heard about Patron in the past, but I never really paid it any attention. And what Patron is, it's a website where it allows you to create a page, and your followers, your your listeners can go and they can actually subscribe to be a patron. You know, they can just subscribe two dollars, five dollars, uh, whatever they want to subscribe to on a monthly basis to help support uh, your cause that you're trying to do. So I, I set up a patron account and it's uh, and I'll put this on my Twitter as well at Vincent Hill TV. Uh, the patron account is www.patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com backslash Vincent Hill TV. Uh, so you can go to that. You can actually become a patron if you choose to. And I just want to tell you what one of my goals is. Once I reach $2,000 a month of patrons, I will give 50% of proceeds to a fund to help the family of officers killed in the line of duty. So, you know, that's something that, uh, as you know, is near and dear to my heart. Of course, at the end of every show, I discuss my 10-7 segment, which highlights an officer killed in the line of duty. And one thing that I know for a fact, police don't make a lot of money. Yes, there's insurance. Yes, there's life insurance, but it doesn't cover everything. Or sometimes it covers exactly what you need and there's nothing left. So I think it would be fitting if we could send a fund to officers' families who were killed in the line of duty to help them with those expenses that don't get taken care of through life insurance policies. You know, the the light bills, 
the grocery bills, the water bills, all of those things that nobody really thinks about at the time of a death, but those are the things that can come up and come back to to really hurt your family if you're not watching out for it. So again, it's something near and dear to my heart. Uh, once I reach $2,000 a month of Patreons, I will donate 50% of those proceeds for that fund. So there's certain tiers to this patron account, all right? So for $2, uh, $2 a month, if you pledge that, uh, I'll give you a weekly unfiltered video of me discussing the latest issues. Now, not necessarily just police issues, because as you know, sometimes on this show, I do talk political issues or issues that are affecting this country as a whole. So for $2 a month, I will have a weekly unfiltered video. Again, this is stuff I can't do on live TV. I can't do this on Fox. You know, when I have three minutes and I have someone whispering in my ear, right? Uh, covering all the things that I can't say on the network. That's what I'll be doing for $2 a month. For $5 a month, what I'm going to do for my patrons is give you an exclusive, not only the video, the weekly video, but exclusive behind the scenes. Now, many people always ask me, hey, what's it like to be in the newsroom? What's it like to be on Fox News? Well, for $5 a month, I will be doing live videos or pre-recorded videos, depending on the show and depending on time constraints inside the studio of what goes on behind the scenes. So you'll get to see me preparing for live hits on Fox News. You'll get to see me talking to the cameraman, getting mic'd up, listening to the producers, all the things that happen behind the scenes that a lot of people always had an interest of, but never really get a chance to see. And you'll get a chance to see that being on national TV is not all the lights, glamour, and glory that most people assume it is. There's a lot of preparation that goes behind, uh, into it. There's a lot of boring stuff that goes into it as well, but you'll get to see that. And the last tier, if you uh, subscribe for $8 a month, of course, uh, what I'll do is send you a copy, a personalized autographed copy of my book, Incomplete Pass, which, as you know, details the death of Steve McNair. Uh, so you'll get the weekly videos, the behind the scenes, and an autographed copy of uh, my book, Incomplete Pass, with a personalized message. And you can tell me what you want that message to be, or I can just write one uh, from the heart, which I tend to prefer to do because they're more real when I do that. But again, if you want a personal message, by all means, uh, tell me, hey, I want, want it to say this, sign this way, and I'll be happy to do that. So again, I opened up a patron account. Uh, go to patreon.com backslash Vincent Hill TV and you you will see it there. You can sign up to be a patron. Please share with your friends on social media because we need to grow this network uh, so we can do a lot of good things for police officers. And, and this isn't about me. So please, please don't think I'm going to take this money and go out and, and blow it. I mean, there's a lot that goes into just researching, recording, and doing podcasts. And then, I, like I said, I want to be able to send uh, proceeds to families of 
officers killed in the line of duty, right? Officers killed in the line of duty. That is the main thing. So check out the account. Uh, I wrote a, a brief summary of what I'm about. If you don't know what I'm about, please, again, read it. And if you choose to, it'd be greatly appreciated if you become a patron of Vincent Hill and Beyond the Badge. So one of the other things I'm doing, and I, I heard about this this app earlier today while I was driving into work, and it's an app called Anchor. And you can have it for your iPhone or your tablet or you know whatever smartphone you have. But basically, it gives you the ability to do on-the-spot podcasting, right? So you become a member of Anchor, you build your audience, then if something like breaking news happens immediately and I'm not able to tape beyond the badge, I can actually go to the app, record a short podcast or a short update, and then my listeners who follow me on Anchor will be able to hear it. So I can create my own station, my own channel, if you will, and be able to bring you updates in real time as they happen. And I think it's a great tool, and I will be using it. I have already signed up for it. Uh, it's attached to my Twitter account, at Vincent Hill TV. So if you follow me, you will see it there pop up in my thread. So uh, if you choose to, again, I'd greatly appreciate it, and I promise to bring you fresh and updated content. And it would give me the ability to tell it to you in real time. You wouldn't have to wait until Tuesday night at 8 p.m. You could be able to get updates as soon as they happen. And then what I can do is tell you, hey, by the way, on the next Beyond the Badge, I will cover this more. So it just gives you more to look forward to when you're listening to Beyond the Badge. Now, before I talk about this this shooting in, in Northern California that happened earlier today, I want to talk about something that really, really, really got under my skin. And I don't even know why I let it get under my skin the way it did. Well, actually, I, I do know why. Now, many of you know that uh, GQ came out with a new uh, magazine. And Colin Kaepernick is on the cover, and they're naming him Citizen of the Year. Colin Kaepernick is Citizen of the Year. And when I heard that, and when I saw the cover, and when I read it, I literally, my skin literally started boiling. I got so upset. So, just so I'm clear, a guy who disrespects the American flag, disrespects the national anthem, disrespects any person that has gave their life for this flag, can become citizen of the year? Why? Because you pouted like a baby about something you didn't know? Really? That is one of the biggest jokes I've ever heard. So, you make up a false narrative, well, you follow a false narrative about how, how 
Uh, white police officers only kill black people. You wear socks depicting police officers as pigs. You wear a Fidel Castro shirt as a fashion statement in Miami. You sue the NFL for collusion, which you couldn't prove. But you're the citizen of the year. You're considered the citizen of the year. What the hell is going on here? Now, l- let me say something, and let's, let's be clear about it. Is there racial inequality in this country? Yes, there always has been. There always will be. Is there racism in this country? Yes, there always has been, and there always will be. Kneeling at a national anthem doesn't take racism out of someone's heart. Protesting about the national anthem's third verse that no one sings, where it says the word slave in it, and wanting the national anthem to never be played again, doesn't take racism out of someone's heart. Racism is not a song. Racism is not a flag. Racism is a feeling that is taught from infancy. Racism is an ideology that is taught. No one comes into this world a racist. You don't know anything about race. You know nipple and you know sleep. That's all you know when you come in this world. So, to kneel doesn't change anything. To want to take down a statue, it doesn't change anything. To want to erase a song that's hundreds of years old doesn't change anything. But to get swooped into this false narrative and to wear a shirt, and I'm referring to Colin Kaepernick, to wear a shirt with all of these people's names on it, Freddie Gray, Alton Sterling, Tamir Rice. Yes, they were black males killed by police. But they weren't just killed simply because they were black and a white officer decided, I'm going to go kill this black guy. No, Alton Sterling resisted arrest. He was armed with a weapon when he did it. Police saw said weapon. You watch the video and you can hear the officer gun, gun, gun before the shots ring out. Not kill black man, kill black man, kill black man. No. A crime was being committed, and the officer was met with deadly force. Tamir Rice, tragic, 12, 13 years old. But look at the video footage of him pointing a gun at people in the park, and him reaching for said gun when police approach. Was it a toy gun? Yes. Did police know that at the time? No. Was that incident racial? No. It was what officers perceived as life and death. Freddie Gray, he ran from police. He was arrested and put in a vehicle. Everything about the takedown was legitimate. Everything about him being handcuffed was legitimate by the book. Freddie Gray dies from a neck injury, which the officers did not do, but yet it's racial. 
It wasn't racial. It was Freddie Gray, who was known to run from police, just like Alton Sterling was known to resist and be armed while resisting. It was about Freddie Gray, who ran from police, who was caught by police, who was arrested by police, and then a tragic accident inside of that van happened. None of that said, well, you know what? I'm going to wake up today and chase a black guy, and his name has to be Freddie Gray. Or, I'm going to go to a park and shoot a 12-year-old, and his, a black 12-year-old, and his name has to be Tamir Rice. Or, I'm going to go to a store and wrestle with a big guy and then shoot him while he's on the ground, and his name happens to be Alton Sterling. No. No. That's not what happened, but the narrative that the citizen of the year is trying to get across that white officers just have it out for the black community and they just want to go kill everybody. Well, here's a noble concept. If, if you don't do anything that would cause the police to approach you in an aggressive manner, i.e. commit a crime, then chances are, I'm just saying, chances are, you'll be okay. Because I've been pulled over by police. I've been approached by police to get questioned about something. And guess what? Here I am at almost 45 years old. Now, I know, granted, Yes, there's some people that say, well, you, you used to be a cop. You know how to deal with police. Well, even before I was a cop and even after I was a cop, there's certain things that I know that you just don't do. I recorded a, a video for Ackerman Security because, as you know, I do commercials, radio, TV, and we have a, a uh, Internet thing that we do called the safety unit. And what I did, I recorded a video that talks about how to keep yourself safe during a traffic stop. The things you should do and not do during a traffic stop to keep yourself safe. Now, instead of spreading this false narrative about all of this police brutality and police corruption and the police are the white devils, what we should be doing, especially in the black community, even though we're teaching people to just fear the police, what we should be teaching people to do is how to properly deal with police. What to do not to get yourself killed. Prime example, if I'm Alton Sterling, and I know I have a gun on me. And trust me, I carry a gun because I'm licensed to do so. The one thing I'm not going to do is to resist and start reaching towards a gun, even if I'm a licensed gun carry holder, because the police don't know that. The only thing they know is, uh-oh, I'm about to be met with deadly force. I have to react to protect myself. So while Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for all of this black injustice, I wonder, was he kneeling for Dylan Taylor? The white kid, 19 years old, 
Salt Lake City, Utah, who was killed three days after Michael Brown. Nobody's ever heard of him. Killed by a white police officer. And his death was caught on body cam. I've mentioned it on my show before. Better yet, better yet, with Colin Kaepernick at any time during his so-called protest and everyone else that is taking a knee now, were they kneeling for the 564, 564 black males that were killed in the city of Chicago by, wait for it, wait for it, by black males. Now, we can talk injustice, but let's talk the true injustice. 564. 564. You know how many people that is? Some small to medium-sized companies don't have 564 employees. But there's an injustice between police and community. Police and the black community. There's this racial injustice. But nobody's talking about the injustice of these 500 plus males who are no longer here, who were killed by black males that look just like them. It goes back to what I said a few weeks ago. It's okay for us to use the N-word. But you better not do it. It's okay for us to kill each other in droves, but you better not do it if you wear a uniform and you're white and you happen to be doing your job and you happen to be reporting, uh, responding to a, a report of a crime. You better not kill us or you're racist. Or better yet, what about the 11 white males killed by police this month alone? Yes, I said it. 11 white males killed by police this month alone. Is that a racist problem? Or was it a issue of police being met with what they believed was deadly force, or they had to use deadly force as a last result to effectively eliminate a threat? Effectively eliminate a threat. So where's the citizen of the year kneeling for them? 11 white males killed by police. Police that look just like them. White males. Huh. But you can become citizen of the year because you attached yourself to this BS narrative that we've been getting fed for the last eight and a half years. And now that a white man is in office who before the election and before he went, ran as the GOP candidate, nobody called a racist. Now, all of a sudden, every problem that the black man has in this country is because of Trump. Racism is on the rise because of Trump. White people feel more inclined to do this because of Trump. Well, it goes back to what I said. Racism is not a president. Racism is a feeling. It's an ideology. President Trump has nothing to do with someone who is acting out based on their feelings. Guess what? Here's a little known 
secret. Well, it's not really a secret. The stuff that was going that's going on now is the same stuff that happened when President Obama was in office. You don't think there were Klan marches when President Obama was in office? You don't think that there were some racial hate crimes while President Obama was in office? Now, supposedly, all of a sudden, since this white man who's a racist gets in the office, that white people feel more inclined to act out their racist intent. No, white people have been acting out their racial intent. Has nothing to do with President Trump. They were doing it during President Obama, President Bush, President Reagan. They've been doing that. You cannot stop racism. But what you can stop is spreading a false narrative that there's this big disparity of police brutality, police using deadly force in the black community. I guarantee nobody can name out any of the 11 names that I just mentioned of white males that were just killed by police this month. But I promise you, I assure you, if those were black males, it would be on CNN for 24 hours. There'd be hashtags. We'd see the Black Lives Matter movement. You'd see more NFL players kneeling. You'd see all this crap that people have become accustomed to, all because no one wants to find out things for themselves. They only want to listen to what they're told, but they don't want to find out for themselves. So, help me out. I'm on a, I'm on a campaign now. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to see if I can be the Citizen of the Year next year for GQ Magazine. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to do what I do right now. I'm going to go out and feed the homeless. Out of my own pocket. I'm going to go out and do like I do every winter and collect blankets and jackets to give to the homeless because no one wants to be cold. And then I'm going to, let's see, I'm going to take a knee, but it's going to be a knee only when I'm praying, right? And then I'm going to try to do good to everyone I come in contact with, black, white, whatever. And then I'm going to try to educate people on the use of force and how to deal with police. And then I'm just going to try to be the best dad I can and not teach my son any hate. And then I'm going to see if I can win GQ's Citizen of the Year. But I'm guessing I can't. Because I can think of a hundred other people that could have won or should have won this Citizen of the Year. There's one football player that donated 30 plus million dollars to Hurricane Harvey relief victims. But he's not a Citizen of the Year because he actually did something good and he wasn't out race baiting and he wasn't out spreading hate. So that's what it takes to win Citizen of the Year as far as GQ is concerned. Well, if you go out and you present a false narrative and you go out and you spread hate and you go out and racially divide this country, then you too can be Citizen of the Year. Now, I wasn't a big reader of magazines. Now, I occasionally would pick up GQ magazine just to see 
what the latest fashion trends were, right? Because I like to dress. But I assure you, I promise you, I will never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever, ever pick up another GQ magazine. I don't care if they put butt naked Holly Berry on the cover. I will not pick it up because they have disgraced every law enforcement officer, every veteran, and every person currently serving this country by putting Colin Kaepernick on that cover as the citizen of the year. All right, enough about that. I want to switch gears and talk about the shooting that happened in California earlier today. This occurred about two hours north of Sacramento in a uh, very rural area. Now, I said at the start of the show, this was not a gun control issue. Uh, This was a dispute, it looks like, at least the early reports. It's still early. It just happened today. A dispute. One of the victims that is deceased was the neighbor of the actual shooter who was actually killed by police. And the other neighbor that was not shot, that was not there at the time of the shooting, had reported to police that this shooter... Uh, name has not been released as of yet. This shooter had been acting erratic and had been making threatening statements towards them and had been shooting off a bunch of rounds like in the backyard. So whatever happened between these neighbors is what led to this shooting. Apparently that's what it looks like right now because one of the roommates, one of the neighbors was one of the victims, uh, shot and killed here. It's unfortunate that it happened at a school. It it surely is unfortunate that it happened at a school uh, and that some elementary school kids were shot. Doesn't appear that any of them were, were killed, which is, which is great. You you, you never want to hear about a a child being shot and killed. Um, But the reason I say it's not a gun control issue is a, I bet when this comes out, Keep in mind, this happened in California. They have some of the strictest gun laws in the nation. But I bet when this comes out that this individual was a legal person that could go out and buy a gun legally at a gun store. And keep in mind, the people that don't follow this are the people in like Chicago. Remember the 400 plus, the 500 plus people I mentioned earlier. They don't follow gun law rules. They don't. But I guarantee when this happens, when it comes out, this person had guns legally. Apparently, if he's shooting in the backyard, out in the open, I don't think he was worried if police showed up and say, hey, did you get this gun legally? So, I'm sure the left is already, if they haven't, they will by tomorrow, even though the family hasn't had a chance to mourn anything. Are still going to start talking about gun control and we need tougher laws. We need this. Well, we have tougher laws. And the thing is, like I said about Texas and the shooting at the church, instead of us focusing our efforts on we need this law, we need this, and we need this, and this would have caught it, and this would have caught it, there is nothing, nothing, nothing that will stop a mass shooting. So, what we need to do is to start. Preparing people for it, how to react to it, what to do, where to hide, 
where to run, where not to run, how to fight if it's a last resort. That's the things we need to start talking about because we're just two weeks away removed from Texas at a church. And here we are because this idiot had an issue with his, his neighbor, goes up to a school and starts shooting. Now, unfortunately, some kids get shot. So we can have the debate, which I'm sure it's going to be all over the mass media by tonight or tomorrow about gun control, or we can start preparing, right? It's like when you go to an airport, look at all the stuff you have to do to make sure, supposedly, allegedly, that no weapons, no bombs get on an airplane. That's called preparation. You have to throw out your orange juice before you go through TSA. Like you can blow up a plane with orange juice. If your lotion is more than 3.5 ounces, you have to throw it away. Like you're just going to like terrorize people with uh, getting rid of their ash. I don't know. But these are all things that prepare you to prevent or at least deter another 9-11. So while the focus is on talking about gun control and no one focusing on how to prevent this, guess what? More people, unfortunately, will become victims of this. More people, unfortunately, will die from this. More families, unfortunately, will mourn because of this because no one's focusing on the true issue. You're not going to stop guns in this country. You're not going to stop someone from doing a mass shooting in this country. And if the person is intent on doing mass destruction, they don't need a gun. A Home Depot truck, a moving truck with some fertilizer in it and a detonator, anything they want to do to get their point across, they're going to do. So we need to start preparing versus preaching. The time for preaching is over. The only time we should be talking about preaching is Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock or whatever time your church service is. Other than that, we need to start preparing. All right, I'm out of time. I, I appreciate you listening to me rant here for the last half hour or so. Uh, now i got to switch gears so I can get out of here and do my 10-7 segment. And my 10-7 segment is uh, dedicated to Trooper Brian S. Flob. And I, I pray I'm saying that right. Uh, F-A-L-B. New York State Police, New York, end of watch, March 13th, 2017. And I usually do a readout of the circumstances, but I can keep it short and sweet. He died as a result of cancer that he uh, contracted on a day that we all remember, September 11th, 2001. Uh, So here we are 16 years later, and... He died of a disease that he captured running to help people. He didn't take a knee. He didn't bitch and complain. He ran to danger. And I'm just guessing I wasn't there. I remember the day, but I wasn't there. And I'm just guessing, though, that some of those people inside the World Trade Center were black. 
So to you, citizen of the year, think about that the next time you come up with that false narrative crap. So Godspeed to Trooper Brian S. Flob, New York State Police, New York. End of watch. Monday, March 13th, 2017. I want to thank you for listening. Don't forget my Patreon account and my Anchor account. And I will see you same time next week right here, RadioInfluence.com. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer. Quick fix on Radio Influence. I'm assuming that you that you watched it, and um, I'm wondering what you thought because as a, somebody who's a longtime fan and a uh, a huge Ric Flair fan, I'm wondering what you thought because I l- lived it. I mean, I, there's nothing that was in there that surprised me. Uh, it surprised me that certain people said it out loud and that they aired it, but. Nothing in there that surprised me as far as that goes. So I'm wondering as a fan, uh, what what were your thoughts? I love the candidness that uh, that Rick spoke with. Um, you know, I loved obviously hearing and I've obviously known his career for a long time as far as, you know, where he had gone, the promotions, the territories. But I think the part that at least hit with me really hard was the personal life, um, you know, to hear his kids talk on camera Um for him to openly admit, you know, he just wasn't home all the time. And, you know, you know, that happens with wrestlers a lot. You know, they talk about being on the road 300 days a year and they're just, they're just not around. It's just the nature of the, the, the line of work they're in. But to hear his kids speak and to hear about, you know, he was bored being home. He, you know, he would head over to, um, you know, another wrestler's house to hang out for a while, but just to hear the the family side of it, to hear the humanistic side of it, and to finally hear that the Ric Flair persona, um, it really became too much for him to to walk away from. I mean, you know, the, the family life in some ways uh, wasn't for him in the early going. So I love the, the human interest side of it. But um, Rick's a candid guy. I mean, you know him probably just as well as, as anybody. But um, I loved it. I loved it. I don't know if I could necessarily pick out one aspect that I liked the best about it, but I think overall it was such a well-done piece. And I think it was really neat that they did two-part interview with him, meaning interview him in a one time, and then 16 months later they went ahead and they, they did a second interview with him. So I, I loved it. I have, I have nothing to, to bark about, and all the, the emotion was in there. Did you, did you feel that as well, that it wasn't just – a story, but it was, it was this person's life that they had lived and all these people around them were, were there because they had shared moments with him. Yeah. I mean, Rick's an emotional guy. We all know that. And, um, you know, Rick is far from perfect as, as he said himself. And that's the part that I wonder as a fan, uh, of course, with social media and the internet, you would, you know, fans know way more now than they did back, you know, in the eighties and nineties. But, um, I'm wondering as a fan, you know, somebody who walked down the aisle of their wedding wanting to wear a Ric Flair robe with belts and we're not going to relive that. But uh, but, but th- <laughs> I'm just trying to point out that that's how much of a fan you were. I'm wondering if it disappointed you that he's a real person with some real 
big flaws. I, I mean, I think when you when you look at that side of it, you know, going into it that you're right. No one's perfect. Um, and that he can admit to that as well. Were there some aspects that I kind of was like, I, I don't know if I necessarily align myself with as far as family values and whatnot? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, when it came to the topic of monogamy, um, you know, I kind of was, I kind of cringed a little bit. But once again, he lives his life the way he does. I live the life the way I do. Um, just because you don't see eye to eye on on every necessarily moral stance. It doesn't mean that you can't still respect people. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I don't see anybody that Rick has gone out of his way to hurt, if that makes sense. I know things might not have always worked out relationship wise, but it never feels like people are outwardly angry towards him. Does that make sense? Uh, I really feel like everybody kind of for the most part is just that's Rick. I think that they did for a long time. I think as he got into his sixties and got older, and he still continued with the shenanigans. I think that a lot of people, uh, I know that a lot of people started rolling their eyes. There's, you know, there's a time in someone's life where they have to sort of be, uh, you know, stop being a character and, 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 you know, move to the next phase of your life. And I think until the, he almost died, quite frankly, I don't think he was able to do that. Sitting ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. 